ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजन समाकर चक्षुर नीलित तस्मय श्री गुरु नम हरे कृष्ण हरे जगन्नाथ खरदास आई यू चैंटिंग हरे कृष्ण आई यू चैंटिंग हरे कृष्ण आई यू हैप्पी If we're actually chanting Hare Krishna, then we should be. As Prabhupada states in that famous statement about this, this chanting, this maha mantra transcends all lower stages of consciousness, namely sensual, mental, and intellectual. So you are not the body, the mind, or the senses. So chant Hare Krishna, be happy. Hare Krishna. Then <coughs> this year in Mayapur, you gave seminar. Mm. Uh, connected with different events in Iskon, mm. which which took uh, place in Iskon recently. Can you briefly tell a few words about this seminar? As many of important things uh, we couldn't hear properly, who couldn't uh, from translator, who couldn't cope with the translation. Hmm? Well, that seminar went on for two hours every day for about five days. So, uh, uh, I have to give a very brief synopsis. Okay, let me try to summarize it. The basic point is that uh, the Krishna conscious process given to us by Srila Prabhupada is completely perfect, and Srila Prabhupada gave us this Iskon society within which to practice that process. Uh, but at the same time, we should not be Holy naive, we should be. We should exercise some intelligent discrimination. Also, we should not expect utopia. Realistically speaking, almost everyone who joins this con is a conditioned soul, and uh, not all are even trying to practice pure devotional service. Some devotees have compromised, and even some who are, or most of us maybe, who are trying to practice pure devotional service. Uh, we, our practice may be mixed with some personal motivations. So this doesn't mean that we should just reject everybody, but it means that we should be intelligent enough to exercise discrimination in choosing association. And it would be very good to um, be well versed in the books that Sri Prabhupada has given us. So as not to be led astray by various different ideas which are being propagated in Iskon, which were not propagated by Sri Prabhupada, and uh, in some ways these are very wonderful times for Iskon as the movement spreads more and more widely. On the other hand, there are many tests which our movement is facing. Maya is constantly testing, and unless we stick very closely to the directions that Sri Prabhupada gave us. Then we're going to be victimized by Maya. So, like I said, it's a very broad subject. I covered it in quite a few hours, and I can't really cover it in a few minutes here. Basically, we ourselves should be very uh, serious to serve Guru, Prabhupada, all the devotees, and Krishna. And at the same time, we should be intelligent enough to exercise discrimination. Discrimination means on the basis of shastra. Shastra guides us how to uh, recognize different types of devotees. Why don't actually the men can come? Why don't we have this line dividing the men? Uh, you can in all Moscow, come in here, crushing them. Um, 
and uh, we needn't disrespect any devotees, but at the same time if devotees are not, those devotees are not practicing very seriously, we may not want to associate with them very intimately. And uh, we should be intelligent enough not to be guided wholly by our sentiments, to recognize outright deviation when it occurs. Okay, then another question. From some, uh, from some devotees I heard that non-initiated brahmacharis should wear white clothes. Uh, What's the explanation? Is there any uh, GBC resolution or any resolution that is gone? I don't think there's any GBC resolution about this. Traditionally, uh, well, if we, if we read in the Bhagavatam, we'll find that the brahmacharis in the Vedic age, they wore like a deer skin and like that. But in the modern age, it's traditional for brahmacharis to wear white cloth. White, yeah. And uh, only sannyasis traditionally wore the saffron flower. Oh, was it previously or not? Bhaktisthan Sarasar Thakur introduced uh, for some of his brahmacharis who were determined never to marry, uh, for them he allowed them to wear the saffron cloth. That, that was for the sake of preaching because that to, to people in India, saffron cloth means that means uh, they respect, that's a very high standard of renunciation. Srila Prabhupada introduced in the Western countries that uh, devotees, just on joining, they could wear this, male devotees would wear saffron cloth. And in the Western countries, uh, and in India, that they, after initiation, they could wear saffron. So it's, uh, there's no fixed, it's, it's, uh, it's been adjusted, Prabhupada adjusted this in different times and climes. But generally if one's going to wear saffron cloth, then he should have a good standard. Just because someone's not married doesn't really mean that they're on the level and on the platform of renunciation. Many of these questions could be discussed at great length, but because there are many questions, I'll deal with them. Just in essence. Um, please explain why Srila Prabhupada uh, in his books writes so much about my life. Uh, how, this, the how this contamination is manifest in living entities and in devotees particularly. Uh, what's the essence of this philosophy and what, uh, <clears throat> what benefit can we get by studying uh, uh, Srila Prabhupada's instructions as regards this particular philosophy. The essence of Mayavad is envy of Krishna. The, uh, the desire to deny Krishna's supremacy. So practically speaking, every conditioned soul is deeply infected by this. So much so that the so-called great religions of the world, they, they don't even inquire into the personality of God. They just they just leave it as God without and without and they don't want to have any clear idea. This uh, Mayavad philosophy was uh, specifically formulated by Sripad Sankaracharya and became and has remained very popular in various forms throughout the world because the conditioned soul has a natural attraction towards this. Actually it's unnatural but it's because he's in an unnatural condition it seems natural. So he has a natural tendency towards this 
envious outlook. So Prabhupada wrote so much against this one thing to to blast it out of our own hearts. Don't think, I'm a devotee, I'm not a mayavadi. We're all influenced by this disease. So we should understand what it is so that we can come out of the influence of mayavadi. And also we can recognize its insidious influence in every sphere of life. Insidious means... Insidious means uh, not nice but subtle. Subtly bad, you could say. Just look at these apartment blocks. You can look out and see. This is architecture under the influence of impersonalism. It's practically all pervading in modern life especially. So Prabhupada said, I want my disciples to, be, to become expert in philosophy and defeat all the bogus philosophies. So Prabhupada describes this theory in some depth so that we can recognize it and defeat it. And there must be, you know, plenty of Russian Mayavadis also. They don't know the word Mayavad or impersonalism, but they're fully affected by it. Isn't it when you speak to people, so many people? Is it? Very deep disease. I don't know, I don't speak to so many Russian families, but I just presume it's there because it's there everywhere else in the world. Why in our spiritual life, uh, often we have doubts in Krishna, uh, why do doubts in Krishna, Guru, and process of bhakti appear in our spiritual life? What is the nature of doubts of these doubts? Because we're infected by Mayavad philosophy. <laughs> we have doubts because we have embraced Maya. Krishna conscious means it's become convinced. Doubt means we're thinking, uh, why should I do this? Why shouldn't I just enjoy sense gratification? And we may even take up Krishna conscious for and and dovetail that with our own sense gratification. We may enjoy being known, the, the fame of being known as a great singer, for instance. We may enjoy the position and power of being in charge of something. We may enjoy being praised by others in various ways. Even we may be distributing books and the desire can enter our heart, oh, I'll become recognized as a great surrendered book distributor. We can also desire to be praised for being very humble. So we, we make a show of being humble so that others will praise, oh, he's so humble. So the only cure for this is to uh, study Prabhupada's books very carefully. And that means not just reading the words, but very deeply entering into the spirit of what Prabhupada wanted to give us. Prabhupada wanted, to, in, in the words of Bhagavatam, he wanted to cheat, kick out cheating religion. So we shouldn't think that cheating religion just means, you know, like Christianity or something like that. First place to kick out cheating religion is from our own hearts. So we should study very deeply Prabhupada's books, praying to Srila Prabhupada to infuse us with the spirit that he wanted to communicate us to us and uh, associate with advanced devotees and chant Hare Krishna. That means not just finishing 16 rounds, but we have to chant with some intensity, praying to Krishna for the gift of pure devotional service. If you have any specific doubts, you can express them in this assembly and they can be uh, discussed.
Just like you're saying, doubts in Krishna, doubts in Guru, doubts in Bhakti. So, doubt in Krishna, why should we doubt? Prabhupada accepts Krishna. Do we have a better understanding than him? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepts Krishna. Do we have a better understanding than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? All the great Acharyas. It's uh, Narottam Das, he was wrong. Bhakti Nautaka was wrong. We should just consider what is our position to even begin to doubt. Lack of faith in Guru. Well, in my case, obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm not on the level of Bhaktivedanta Bhaktivedanta it's obvious for all to see. But uh, the system of parampara works like that, that if I simply present what they have presented, then you will get the same thing. How should we associate, or what to do, if uh, we have to associate with uh, Gaudi Mata devotees, uh, how to properly deal with them, uh, even uh, if uh, even Iskon devotees accept their instructions. Well, it's a very broad term to say Goryamant devotees. I think it was last time in Samara, I was in Samara, some radio program was arranged by one devotee, Indra Jimnagas, who was Goryamant devotee. So he was working nicely, cooperatively with the Iskwan devotees there. So there are different types. But uh, many times Goryamat means they, you know, they just want to come around Iskwan and take people away. So that's not very good. Why should, why should people go away having come to Prabhupada's lotus feet? So you have to deal with people according to how they are. Uh, on the, on the whole, I'm not very impressed with the modus operandi of, uh, you know, they, they talk very high things, rasa bhav and so many things. Very, very high topics. But on the other hand, they initiate people who are not, oftentimes they're not even following the principles. So if anyone's doing that, that seems to me quite a little shallow, you know, quite cheap. These are some general thoughts. There are some. I mean, it's not that they're not devotees by any means. You'll find uh, in Goryamad there are some very sincere devotees, some very nonsense people, and in, in between also. Some are very sincere. Yeah, I'm trying to find expression for nonsense people. <laughs> well, you can say rascal. <laughs> it's not exactly the same, but it's similar. And in Iskon you'll also find some are very sincere, some are nonsensical, or being better term, and uh, in between. But uh, you know, I very, I very strongly feel that uh, Prabhupada gave us something very special, and we should try to remain linked with Sri Prabhupada's lotus feet. And I'm not convinced that uh, what they offer to give us is if they can actually deliver the goods. I see that Prabhupada, he taught us to take a slow, not exactly slow, but a, a steady, cautious, realistic approach to Krishna consciousness. And based on chanting the holy names, uh, serving the Sankirtan mission, and uh, making gradual progress by overcoming the demands of the minds and the senses, of the mind and the senses. So, you know, if anyone comes along and tells me you get instant frame, I'm not very convinced. 
it reminds me of these salesmen, you know, they, they come around the door and they tell you, you buy this and, uh, you know, you buy this machine and then that's it, your life is perfect. On the other hand, you know, it may be in Iskon also that, that I see more and more, and maybe more in Russia than in other places, there's like this kind of premature Rasik topics being discussed. Premature Rasik, you said everything? Yeah, all except Rasik. Premature Rasik topics. So I don't see that Prabhupada used to sit around and talk a lot about, uh, you know, different bhavs and rasas. Prabhupada would teach us, you know, overcome, control the mind, control the senses, go on Sankirtan. So, let's be realistic. Yesya prasadad, bhagavat prasado, yesya prasada, nagatika talking by. By the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, we can get the mercy of Krishna. Without his mercy, we have no hope. So, uh, as far as Gauri Madhavaris are concerned, I would say that uh, be respectful, but I would rather associate intimately with uh, fixed up, persons who are fixed up in understanding and following Srila Prabhupada. Uh, a religion defends uh, defends a person who who follows uh, its uh, principles. But sometimes we, we can see that uh, we find ourselves in different situations situations uh, which uh, are risky for our spiritual life. What's this? Uh, whether is it due? to the fact that we violate the principles of religion, or this is our karma, or this is the will of the Lord. It may be very difficult to say exactly, it may be a combination. Whatever it is, we have to deal with the situation. It's just like, you know, if a terrible storm comes that threatens to blow down your house, you might not, uh, you might think, well, how to, you know, fasten all the windows, you don't think, you don't sit around and think, making a meteorological investigation into how it formed. Well, if you're driving in the road and a truck is driving straight at you, you don't stop to think, well, is it because the driver's drunk or because he's crazy or what? Do you think, what to do to get out of this situation? Or maybe I'm on the wrong side of the road. That's also possible. <laughs> um, in general, devotees should uh, be careful so they don't get into, situ into dangerous situations. It's like a devotee was asking me, well, what do we think? Uh, some devotees are doing chanting in nightclubs, so what do I think about that? Uh, chanting is he singing or yeah. like himself? No, doing kirtan, ah. it's like a performance yeah. in a nightclub. Yeah. Well, what's the answer? You could do it, but at the same time you have to understand it's a very degraded situation. And seeing as there are so many opportunities to preach in other circumstances, why should we go into that degraded circumstance which is, you know, is likely to affect our own consciousness also. So preaching means taking risks, but uh, as the saying is there in English, discretion is the better part of valor. Valor? Valor, yeah, means bravery. Yeah. So discretion. That it's, yeah. it's good to be brave, but you should know when to be brave and not just foolishly brave. Uh, apart from preaching, there may be, uh, especially for grihastas, there may be social situations which tend to compromise us. For instance, we may be expected to attend our, uh, you know, maybe our sister's wedding or something, and in which everyone else is a karmi. 
So how to deal in such a situation? I would suggest being very clear about the matter that we, that, you know, I am a Krishnaite, as you call it in Russian. And then, you know, then you have an excuse not to drink and not to eat meat and so on. It's, I mean, not an excuse, but it's clear why you're not doing so. Again, we have to, you know, we could be a very big discussion, but we'll try to make it short. Um, again, this question is regards our uh, cousins from Gaudiamat, Chaitanya Saraswati. Uh, so how should we deal with them, especially with those who left his home, uh, in order not to look like uh, sectarian and uh, not to lose our individuality? This question, yeah. This is a question from Tambo. Yeah. One of my disciples there, first initiated, just took second initiation, or Brahmanical initiation, in the Chaitanya Saraswati which is uh, clearly a, a serious breach of Vaishnava etiquette. So I just got round to, today I just sent a letter to Govinda Bhakti Sandra Govinda Maharaj, who's the Acharya there, and politely asked him what's going on, that this is not a very proper thing. So on the whole, I don't recommend to, to mix, because this is this behavior, you see, it's, what is it? Someone came to me a few years ago and said that they were first initiated by Bhakti Sundagal Vinda Maharaj, and would I give him second initiation? I refused. I said, no, how can I do that? So by doing that, they're practically saying that they're rejecting that, you know, that, uh, that our initial initiation we're giving is bona fide at all. So... It's actually very, it's, it's not good at all that they're doing like that. You can tell them, you know, know. This, is, this is not proper behavior and we don't, know, we don't want to associate it. Behave like gentlemen and we'll reciprocate, but if you're going to be like that, then, you know, why, why should we reciprocate? Uh, should a disciple bow down when his guru offers obeisances? I've never seen anything in Shastra saying that they should. What usually happens traditionally is that uh, the Acharya will enter the temple with his disciples and then he'll bow down and they'll all bow down. Uh, I don't think it's a very good idea to do so in the middle of a kirtan or class or something like that. It just interrupts the whole thing. I may come in or out during such functions. Prabhupada said during classes when the deity curtain opens or closes, you just go on hearing the class. So similarly, if during class or kirtan, something like that, I enter or leave the temple and offer obeisance, then uh, you can go on hearing the class or taking part in the kirtan. But when you offer obeisance, it's like the Prabhupada asks Guru Guru Shri Prabhupada. Well, if it's in the middle of kirtan, then no, you can go on with kirtan. Okay. Can clarify that point? You may find that different people will say different things about this also. <laughs> but as you've asked me, I'm replying. And I must say that I have studied all these intricacies of Vaishnava etiquette in some detail. But then again you see that uh, not every detail of Vaishnava etiquette is completely fixed. Different people may do in different ways also. But if as my disciples you're asking what I expect of you, now you've got the answer. Oh. How should a neophyte devotee 
a devotee in the beginning stages of devotional service treat his um, parents, friends, relatives um, who, who are not Krishna conscious. Yeah, sometimes neophytes are very fanatical in this regard. If Actually, Prabhupada wrote that the neophyte is always in a dangerous position. So it's better not to be a neophyte very long. Um, in general, we can say we should treat uh, respectfully. Uh, we may not... It, it may be that they will take up Krishna conscious, but in many cases they won't. So we have to be ready for that also. As much as possible, I would recommend trying to keep a cool head in this regard. Um. Can non-initiated uh, devotees uh, go to holy places of India? Uh, and also, uh, those who uh, didn't get blessings of their spiritual master for this purpose. They can go, but uh, often we recommend that they have some some basic idea of Krishna consciousness before they go, and that they go uh, in the association of and with guidance of experience devotees. And certainly you have, should take the blessings of your spiritual master before undertaking any major activity. You always have my blessing to go to Mayapur. Maybe not Vrindavan. Vrindavan requires much more qualification to enter. Physically one can take the body to Vrindavan, but actually entering Vrindavan means means giving up sense gratification. Then one can only actually enter Vrindavan. So, better. Of course, Prabhupada wanted to go to both places, but uh, Mayapur is a more suitable place for most devotees. In one sense, of course, Sri Gora Mandala Bhumi Deva Jane Chintamani Tarhoi Braja Bhumi Kash. In one sense, Mayapur and Vrindavan are non different, but in Mayapur, the uh, offenses, because it's the Dham of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, offenses are not taken into consideration. And the, the, the mercy of the Lord is much easier to attain. Whereas in Vrindavan, it is uh, more difficult. The mercy of the Lord is more difficult to access and we're more liable to be led astray there, to become misled. So Hare Krishna, that'll be